sense. If you can play your sport with joy, so you're having the most fun you've ever had, yeah. and you can play with peace, so not no fear of any failure, mm-hmm. and you know I'm going to go get it. Yeah. Right? You always, we always talk about players playing free. Mm-hmm. And where does joy and peace come from? <laughs> Knowing where your identity lies. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Peer. I'm the missionary program director here at Damascus, and I'm joined, as always, by my two good friends, Aaron Richards. Brad. Yes. And Dan Dimite. What's up, guys? It's so, good. Um, it's so good to be here. And we have a special guest with us today, Craig yes, Stammen. Craig, Craig yeah, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks good. for having me here. Yeah, <laughs> glad to be here. And um, and for those of you who may not know, Craig is a professional pitcher for the San Diego Padres. So we're excited to chat today a little bit about Dude. mission, sports, and how all of that kind of comes together. I played baseball for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You never introduced me like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I um, <laughs> I think about Aaron Richards. I think about a professional athlete. Yes, yes. Tell me your baseball story, Dan. Uh, um, uh, well, I I was so I had man in middle school. I was the best first baseman. I could yeah. field anything. Okay, but I was the worst batter ever. Okay, so I yeah. could hit nothing. So my coach eighth grade year would actually tell me he would watch the pitcher. So mm-hmm. Craig, this is you. Like he would watch the pitcher and tell me where to stand to increase the likelihood of me to get hit, just so I could get on the base. So. Like, this is my day. coach and I strategy. Like if I get hit with the ball, it hurts a little bit, but I'm at least on first. So base. yeah, since you're in um um <laughs> a, 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 since you're kind of in like a, a little advanced from T ball, just put your elbow out yeah, over yeah, the plate yeah, yeah. and get hit, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we'll be good Throw to go. Hip forward when you swing. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> of course. Um, just like I, th- I think it's it's cool to talk about this today. Obviously, there's like going to be people listening that are from all different backgrounds as we're explaining here that like some may not play baseball, some may play baseball, but I think that in in our world today, um, we have so many young people, especially middle school, high schoolers that center their identities on the sports and extracurriculars they do. And I think the conversation today is going to be sweet for that reason, but why don't we go ahead and start with prayer and Aaron, will you launch us in? Thank you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Uh, God, we give you glory in everything Mm -hmm. we do. God, our, our worship should be an act of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And Lord, whether it's on the, the field or whether it's here at Damascus or Lord, whether it's in the workplace or in the family, uh, we want to worship you with our lives. So Jesus, we pray that today we'd learn how, um, that we'd be inspired to give you a yes that means something. And uh, Jesus, we pray that in the course of our conversation, you'll speak words that'll, that'll touch the hearts of the listeners of today's show. Mm-hmm. So Lord, transform lives through the work of this, uh, this opportunity today. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, let's start with you, Craig. So coming from Northwest Ohio, um, do you want to just give us like, how did, how did you get, like, just, I guess, a little introduction to you, and how did you get introduced to the faith? Yeah. So uh, born North Star, Ohio, it's a yeah. town of about 200 people. Mm-hmm. Man, um, that is smaller than Bethlehem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> small. <laughs> it's small, and fortunate that area of, of Ohio and the country is has a strong faith, and yeah. my family was a big part of that. Mm. Uh, my mom was a great spiritual leader, and my dad That's is awesome. right there beside her. So mm. uh, from an early age, I know who Jesus was and knew mm-hmm. uh, he was the most important person uh, going forward in my yeah. life, and... Uh, so it's, it kicked off 
you could have kicked off any better. Yeah, as far that's as faith life goes for me mm-hmm. uh, early on. Yeah, would you I say? Would you say like? Um, we've talked about this a lot on, on like with, when, with your upbringing was like relationship with Jesus, something prioritized. So were you guys praying together as a family going to mass together? Like what did that? Yeah. So where I live, there's not any other churches besides Catholic churches. uh, (laughs) Basically. So literally if you drive over there, you like, you see the next church from the town. over. It's my favorite. Like, and everyone has a Mary statue outside of their house. It's just like, whoa, I've (laughs) never seen so many Mary statues. Yeah. But everyone's Catholic, right? (laughs) Yes. And my mom, uh, did her own personal Bible studies with a lot of the moms in the area. Hmm. Um, so that was, we did, she organized kids' Bible studies. She was a teacher before I was yeah. born, and once I was born, she stopped doing that. So <laughs> then she was a stay-at-home mom, and that was kind of what she did. Yeah. So a lot of my friends, cousins, we grew up going to these little kids' Bible studies that she would have throughout the summer with different games and organization uh, types of things, you know, where we learned the Bible stories yeah. and who Jesus was. So um, I, I remember her trying to, uh, well, praying over us, uh, trying to get the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts, like basically uh, getting us to speak in tongues when I was like seven years old. <laughs> Whoa, wow. And and I it's, was it's like, great. that's great. That yeah, it, so it was great. great. Exactly Maybe a little overambitious, I think, for my age at that time and <laughs> yeah, understanding, yeah. but also you never know what might happen yeah. with the power of the Holy Spirit. So, but she was locked into that and locked into, wow. you know, bringing us up in the faith correctly yeah. and and learning that so that. You know, when we did get older, we had something to rely on. Wow, yeah. that's really amazing. Mm-hmm. That you don't hear too many like stories like that of like a mom who's like like courageous enough to like pray with other like with the the friends and everything for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's really amazing. Yeah. What What do you think when you were a kid? Like, what was your percent? <laughs> I mean, like, my mom like was involved in like charismatic groups, and she'd come home and be like, "Yeah, we were like the, they were speaking in tongues." And I'd be like, "Man, my mom's like crazy. Like, what's she do?" But <laughs> yeah. like, like what What was your thought when you were a little kid? Yeah, I mean, most of the time it was it was always at our house. So the kids were all down in the basement, and we had a basketball hoop down there that just made a ton of noise. If you <laughs> dunked on it and, or whatever. So yeah. usually it was like, Greg, quiet, we're trying to pray. <laughs> but uh, when we were actually brought up into the prayer room, um, you know, it's definitely, you just, you don't quite understand it when you're that age, yeah. but yeah. you know that it's important. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you're trying to like, what's it feel like to have the Holy Spirit come mm-hmm. in your heart? Yeah. You know, what's it feel like to give your life to Jesus? So it's like created those questions yeah. early on so that you can find those answers as you go. Yeah, that's such a witness. That's such a witness. That's I think awesome. that's what amazes me is because like I think sometimes and probably some people listening today, we we can fear stepping out in like I don't know, convincing ourselves that it might not go perfectly. And the reality is it probably won't go perfectly, but it but it can be a faithful step that yeah. imparts faithfulness, you know? Like yeah. I love hearing that your mom was just willing to like, you know what? This is a risk, but I feel called to do this and raise my family in this way. I don't know. I'm yeah. inspired by that. Well, and it's not easy raising children. And so, yeah. <laughs> like you've got, is it two kids? I've got three, three, kids. three kids. Yeah, we had a baby boy during the season this past year that nobody <laughs> knows about because my wife got pregnant right before we left for spring training, <laughs> had the baby you know, during the season and then How got back that? and we had the third kid. So, yeah. uh, people in North Star are like, where did they get the third kid at? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you go to San Diego, you bring home a kid. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a nine-month CA. You got that. But um, yeah, it's hard to raise kids and it's nice to hear that like, because uh, I feel like there's probably a lot of parents here that are trying to like, 
raise their children, like their small yeah. children in the faith, and they're like, oh my gosh, is anything I'm doing sticking? And like, mm-hmm. it does stick. Like, yeah. so does. praise yeah. the Lord. Like, it's a, it's a, that sacrifice of love you, that, yeah. that well, work. And, and just think about, how, you know, we give our parents so much freedom to make mistakes. I mean, I'm convinced, convinced of this so frequently that like mm-hmm. I screw things up all the time and my kids love me. They're like a faithful little puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you if you screw up evangelization or if you confuse them or tick them off one time or two, it's all right. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and we <laughs> don't did, take yourself too seriously. Well, that that's it. Yeah, don't take yourself too seriously because we none of us fully know what we're doing, but we know that we're we're like called to step out for the Lord. We're called to be in relationship with him and we're yeah. called to bring those that are close to us in a relationship with him. And it sounds Craig like that was a part of growing up. Did you go to Catholic school, or what did that look like? No, it was, it's all public schools where I live, but there's 99% of the kids are Catholic. So on Wednesdays when we had CCD classes, all of our practices would end at 6 o'clock so that we could make CCD <laughs> classes awesome. So like seven. the entire school was oh, going yeah. to CCD together. Yeah, there was no, no games on huh. Wednesday, and practice ended at 6 o'clock. So, <laughs> and I thought that was normal, but that is not Whoa. normal. I was, I was speaking one time at Fort Recovery, pretty close to where you're from, and yeah, like it was a CCD class, and I was speaking in the public high school, like, and like yeah. in their gym. They had all their like middle school. I was like, how is this even legal? They're, they're like, it's just part of how we like operate, like the church and the school are still actually pretty connected together yes, there. Yes, huh. very very connected. Uh, they go hand in hand, and mm-hmm. uh, lo- like I said, blessed to grow up. God's country. In, yeah, in yeah. that area of the country. And, you know, mm-hmm. while it's not perfect, you of know, course. we've got a good start at least. Yeah. Well, and alongside Faith, so when did, when did you start playing baseball? I'm sure there were other sports involved if you're from a small town. Yeah. Um, but, like, when, like, obviously alongside the Faith that's being fostered in your family— you're starting to find like a passion in this area. When did yeah. that start? What did that look I like? I love sports. Man. Yeah. Ever, you know, I was probably playing wiffle ball when I was like two. Right. But, uh, Putting I in a hundred hours. Organized baseball. <laughs> yeah. Organized baseball started when I was eight years old. Yeah. And I remember being so fired up and not like, I remember being six and couldn't wait till I was eight. Yeah, right. And just for that to start. So baseball started really early and then uh, basketball, football, Mm-hmm. which I played all the way through high school, started nice. in junior high. Yeah. So, and I've been a sports lover ever since. I still am. Yeah. You know, any sport I'll watch on TV, I'll go play it. Yeah. You name it, let's do it. Yeah. Well, type of thing. And baseball just happened to be the one that I was just a little bit better at than the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit? Um, well, we're drawn to it, aren't we? There's something about, like, sports. I, I think it, it can obviously be found in other areas, but there is something that draws us into, um, I don't know, working on something until we get to like a level of, I don't know, expertise with it. And like, I, I, I noticed that in growing up. So I grew up in a small town, Portsmouth, Ohio, in the Southern part of the state. It's, it's similar to the Western part of the state in like the, the small feel and everyone knows everyone, but a little different in the sense that it's closer to Appalachia. So it's got some of that flavor, in it. <laughs> but, um, sports was just something that I, I don't even remember having it as an option. It was just kind of like everyone did it. And I think my first word might have been ball. And so like I I just like all of a sudden began seeing other, um, I don't know, kids my age playing. And I I think there is something in it about like the community that comes from it. Right. Because we want to do something together. You know, we want to do something with the people that are around us. And I think that um, can be used so much in the faith. And I don't think we capitalize on it enough that like in sports, you have a common goal. You're committing yourself to, to personal excellence to achieve a team's common goal. That that sounds a lot like the spiritual life, yeah. and we don't bring it in enough, I don't think. But yeah, um, I always found that yeah, like I wrestled uh, pretty intensely in high school, and it was like I, 
I, I think that's where I learned virtue, you know, <laughs> like the, <laughs> just like how to like work and, and, and grow in the, the cardinal virtues in a way of like, okay, I'm going to discipline yeah. myself. And, and then when I fell deeper in love with Jesus, it was like, Oh, I've already disciplined my body mm -hmm. in extreme ways. I can, I can discipline my 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 spirit. I can yep. discipline my prayer life. I can discipline like uh, because I know what it takes. And it wasn't like mm -hmm. the spiritual life taught me that. It was like the just sports right. taught me right. that. You well, know? and other disciplines too. Like Ignatius of Loyola talks about that. The things we put our our body through, our mind can then contend with. What we put our mind through, our body can then contend with. Yeah. We're... Craig, how'd you see those walk hand in hand in your life? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I, it's amazing how I thought uh, at one point when I was younger that God designed me to play baseball, but he designed me to play baseball to teach me about himself mm. through mm. it all. And like what you guys were saying with like, you know, yeah. how you uh, commit yourself to a, to getting better at yeah. a certain sport. Sure, sure. The same way we do that with our faith too. I mean, like hmm. there has to be a growth mindset that sooner or later I have to become closer word. to Jesus. You know, I can't just like sit back and like, all right, I was raised in, in the faith and my mom's, you know, teaching me how to pray, and I pray it at dinner and all that kind of stuff, and I can just sit back and live my life and be mm -hmm. fine. But you want to get to know Jesus. You want to know who He is and what He's about and how that can impact your life and the people around you uh, mm -hmm. as you go about it. And in mm -hmm. sports, it's the same way. You want to practice yeah. every day. You want to get better. Sooner <laughs> or later, you want to reach your potential. Mm -hmm. And so I found that the best way to increase my faith is to create habits, create habits where, you know, you show up at a certain place, yeah. you pick a time to show up, and you keep showing up consistently. And yeah. that's, that would describe, I would say, my prayer, yeah. study life is, yeah. and that's the only thing that's worked, is once yeah. I created a habit, mm -hmm. uh, then it, you know, exponentially increased, yeah. you know, how I could impact others And when did that me. start for you? Would you say, was that in high school? Was it later, like college, like... Or was it a mixture of all? I, I, I wish it started. <laughs> you know, last exactly. Yeah. You know, I create like habits month, and then I struggle last, to keep them. Yeah, me too, me and too. You're, you're exactly right. Like sometimes our faith journey like ebbs yeah, and flows. And sure. like really, you know, honestly, like three weeks ago, yeah. I was like, I got to get back hey, on back this. to this. And, yeah. and, right. I, and committed to it. But uh, I would say it didn't start like... I gr I did not like reading, period. Like I didn't like reading in high school. I didn't like reading <laughs> sure, in college. Sure. And I was lucky enough to be able to get good enough grades without having to put in the work that I needed to, really. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of sitting down reading the Bible was like something that didn't find wasn't appealing to me yeah. Yeah. until I got to a point in my life where I was really like it was this was like late twenties, and I was going through a big change. I had dated this girl for a really long time, mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. were engaged to get married, and I had to break it off. I knew wow. I had to, and I was yeah. like, I can't make this decision by myself. Yeah. So. For whatever reason, I made a plan, like, I'm going to start, this will mm. be my 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, and that's how it started, right? Like that, because mm. I had to make, Yeah. I had to have Jesus on my side for that's this call. That's amazing. Yeah. And I needed, I needed help yeah. making a call, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. And so that's where it started. Like, I was that, you know, sometimes, you know, you ebb and flow, and this was a, definitely a downturn, and I found so much fruit from that. And growth and and so many good stories from that throughout my baseball career and that time period in my life that it transformed me. It was almost like I was born again. You know, mm -hmm. the the old had gone and the new had come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so ever since then, it's been a big part of my life. Is that is that reading, that prayer time, mm -hmm. just that alone time mm -hmm. uh, with Jesus? And I got to thank, you know, a couple of the organizations in baseball. They've got organizations called UPI, Unlimited Potential. And it's a bunch of ex-baseball players that are in ministry, wow. and they minister us baseball players. And Brian Hummel was kind of the guy that I knew the best. 
And that was his thing. He's like, every morning I get up, an hour before my kids get up, I go to my closet, I put a pillow in my closet, and I open my Bible. And that's where I pray, that's where I read, and that's where I connect with Jesus. The closet yeah. is me and Jesus' space. That's so and good. And so that, I was like, I can do that. I can yeah. commit time to that. And mm -hmm. man, it has changed my life. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. think about baseball, right? Like, so in high school, if all you ever did was show up to the games, would you be where you are today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, right? No, of course. That's we. It's obviously true. Or if if I just show up to school on test day, I mean, I guess I guess unless I'm like a savant, like. But if you just show like, like Aaron, there, there is. I'm something. sure you just showed up to school on <laughs> test is, day and got an A. <laughs> there is something about we'll talk like about that. <laughs> um, I think all the things we pursue that has that in it, and and it makes so much sense to attribute it to the faith life too, right? That mm -hmm. if I'm building habits to allow myself to be great in my professional life or in my family life, I should probably create habits to be great in my spiritual life. Well, I, I think to like, I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of uh, talent, the natural talent that you were born with, but it, it was also <laughs> a lot of hard work that got you where you are. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes we make that same mistake with our faith mm -hmm. that like, we just, oh, well, it, I'm just not a spiritual person, or that doesn't come like natural. And it's okay if like prayer mm -hmm. doesn't come natural to you. Like, mm -hmm. the, like swinging the bat probably didn't come natural right away. Like you, you, it, you work at it and you discipline your body to like mm -hmm. to grow in the spiritual practices. Yeah. And it, it does. It's like there's there's an element of like, okay, yeah, this I'm built for this, mm -hmm. but I also have to grow into yeah. this. Well, let's talk a little bit about that prayer piece too. I think like I think that's a common experience for people. Like sometimes when we're wanting to start to pray, we don't exactly know where to start because maybe it's like sitting down with the Bible doesn't sound super appealing to me. I don't know if I fully understand the rosary. What are like some I don't know. Let's just have a conversation about Which, different ways you can start. Why does sitting down with God's word sound appealing? Well, well, because I think... God wants to speak to you. Huh? Yeah, well, I, 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 no, that's a good point. No, that's a good point. Well, may, maybe we don't, maybe we don't do that now. Like, we have way too much Netflix. Something that right? was done for me that I think... Uh, and I, and then I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it, too. But something that was done to me in college when I had this huge conversion experience, because going through high school very similarly, my entire life seemed to revolve around the sports I was playing. Football, basketball, baseball... Whichever season it was, that's what my entire atten entire attention went to. And um, in college, just for a variety of reasons, things were changing in my life, and sports couldn't be at the center anymore. And where was I going to put it? And encountered the Lord radically, and came back and wanted to get into this prayer life. But man, the last thing I wanted to do was to sit down for thirty minutes. And I remember having this amazing conversation. And I don't know, uh, maybe someone listening today will relate to this, but like I had someone look at me and go, "Hey, have you ever thought about like?" just taking a walk and centering your mind on the things of the Lord that you know. And it it actually like was huge for me because mm -hmm. I couldn't get to one day of prayer. Like I just wouldn't do it. Sitting down, I would get anxious. I'd start thinking about the next thing. I'm such a like a high functioning person just by nature that like I, I'm more prone to go if someone's like, hey, there's a mission for you right now. I'll go right now. Hey, you have 30 minutes to pray. Well, I got some other things I can do. Like, um, but taking that walk was huge for me and it's discipline. Yeah, it was the start for me of discipline. And then I was able to stop walking as much, then start walking around the prayer room, then sitting in the prayer room, mm -hmm. then actually closing my eyes and being still. So I don't know, <laughs> maybe some just like, I don't know, encouragement for people that are like, I want to start a prayer life. I mean, of all ages, but they're like, I, I'm not exactly sure where I'm starting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I... It, the guys I talk to on my Padres team that we do baseball, yeah, know, sure, Bible studies with and go to mass with, like they're probably blue in the face with me telling this, but pick a time, <laughs> pick a place, and show up. Yeah, just show up 
and let Jesus come in That's and invite him into that space. And yeah, like, don't overcomplicate it. Yes, it'll be it'll be transformed. And that and that was hmm. transformed in that period of my life. And I'll tell you one story, baseball story, that went with it. So I was, you know, contemplating, you know, do I get married? Do I call off the wedding? Like it's gonna yeah. be really hard to call off this wedding. And so that day in my reading, it was let your yes be yes, let your no okay. be no. And so I decided to fast that day. And I was like, all right, I'm going to fast. I, you know, this is what Catholics do. We fast. <laughs> and uh, so we had a game that day against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I remember all I had was one small red Gatorade, and I chewed a piece of chewing gum in the bullpen because I was nervous. So, <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there in the pen, and it doesn't look like I'm going to pitch. Yeah. Uh, we're winning the game, and our closers coming in the game. We're winning by like three runs. And I'm like, all right, thank God I'm, you know, beat right now. Like I got no energy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have to pitch, you know, thank yeah. God. You know, he's watching out <laughs> <Yeah>. for me. <laughs> and well, our closer comes in, gives up the lead. Now it's five to five. Oh, and no. I was like our designated pitch extra innings guy. Yeah, sure. So I'm like, well, I'm going in the game I'm going now, in. guys. Let's see how this goes. And like fasting is such a crazy thing for an athlete to think about because like you're always worried about what you're putting into your body mm-hmm. and how that output is out on the field. And so this is, you know, definitely a different space. Mm -hmm. And so I get put in the game and it couldn't not have went worse at the beginning. So the first guy, Miguel Montero, I think his name, leads off double. I'm like, all right, it's not good. (laughs) Takes (laughs) you to the gap. Exactly. (laughs) Next guy is a left-hand hitter that I always struggled with. Um, I think it was Jason Kubel. And so I pitch around him, walk him. So now it's first and second, nobody out. Next guy's it's five up. to five still. Yeah, it's five to five yeah. still at tenth inning, <laughs> and uh, next guy hits a base hit so hard to the left fielder that the guy from second can't score. So now it's bases loaded, nobody <laughs> out. <laughs> and I'm on the mound like, oh my gosh, this could not. I may never get out of this yeah, inning. Never fasting again. <laughs> yeah, and and so. And in that mode, so the pitching coach comes out, obviously, like, I got to talk to this guy, like, what's going on? Yeah, time. So I had a little moment to myself, and I'm like, Lord, this is yours, it's not mine. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think I would have ever prayed that prayer on the mound if I hadn't started that daily routine Mm -hmm. of getting in the Word. Mm -hmm. And so, and and this is a crazy story, the next guy strikes out on three pitches, the next guy strikes out on three pitches... (laughs) And the next guy grounds of ground ball right back to me on the first pitch, and I flip it over to, <laughs> to first base. Yeah. And it gives me chills right now because I remember the feeling of walking off that mound mm-hmm. like I was on clouds. Like I yeah. was, and it yeah. wasn't me. Uh, there's no shot that I yeah. got out of that inning, bases loaded, <laughs> nobody out. And oh man, it's just a crazy out of body experience um, that I experienced. So I go back in the dugout. And like it's still tied. So if we don't score, I've still got to pitch another <laughs> inning. I'm going back out there on that bubble and, gum and red. I mean, I can count on one hand how many times I've prayed to not go back in the game. <laughs> and at the time, Adam LaRoche was on our team and he was a spiritual leader within our group wow. and yeah. just a stud and and had had mentored me. And so he comes up to the plate with two outs, two strikes, and I'm like, oh man. I'm almost got to go back. And he hits he a walk off, off, walk off home run. Off. And I That's sat amazing. there in the dugout, and I was like, it made my de- <laughs> it made that decision I had to make. Not easy, yeah. but maybe like you got to make this decision. You know, in your heart, what the no, what decision's right. And so yeah. I think what we were talking about is like, if you can commit yourself to those habits, you'll be able to hear Jesus. You'll be able to mm-hmm. feel the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You'll be able yeah. to like 
change your life accordingly. And so prayer life will get easier. Yeah. You know, reading the scripture will get easier. Yeah. Showing up to mass, just show up, ready to roll mm-hmm. with some joy will get easier. Yeah, show up and do what you have to do, yeah. and then well, partner with the Lord. And like you said, if you listen to him in the morning, you're going to hear him in the day. Like and like yeah. when it re- like you're like <laughs> literally you're in the game, right? But like mm-hmm. he and he speaks to you at those moments. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. yeah. So did you? Is there a time where you like? Uh, like your your mom's like trying to pray with you as a seventh grader to experience the Holy Spirit. Like, would you say there's moments in your life where you've really experienced the power of the Holy Spirit? Uh, how does the Lord move in you, or how do you experience God's presence? Right. In your life? How I experience it, um, and that that moment that I just explained was probably the most where like, man, it was so obvious. You just felt to me. the presence of God. Yeah, yeah exactly. But. To me, like you've got to have your eyes open because it may not just be so. He's not going to scream at you and yell yeah, at you. Yeah. Like maybe he does some people, but he doesn't to me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just the little promptings here and there of like, you know, just even listening to you guys' podcasts and, mm-hmm. and you know, just little tidbits of like, yes, that reminds me of that. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I need to stay committed to this. Man, that is such a good word. Mm-hmm. You know, just little promptings here and there, meeting certain people at certain times and. Uh, is kind of just you know you kind of flow with how the Holy Spirit guides yep. you and, mm-hmm. and rolls with it. I love yeah. that. The, I would love to talk, Craig, about pride and humility. Right? Like you've got this. Uh, you you probably go through uh, like weird emotions, like in playing professional sports, because to some extent, so many people are watching you, especially as a pitcher. <laughs> like like in that moment, base is loaded. Yeah. Like you're either like you you either win or you lose, you succeed or you fail, and it's on you. And how do you deal with that? Like, because on the one hand, like you could have pride being a professional athlete and like you're well known across the world and like people like follow you and ask for your signature and stuff like that. But then also like you probably struggle with like with uh, with just that pressure of like, man, sometimes I, I fail. And man. like how do you deal with that, you know, when yeah. in front of a national like when I fail, not the the whole world doesn't see it. You know? Yeah, yeah you, you nailed it right there. And I think every athlete goes through it. You know, it's almost like that nervousness right before the game of like, <laughs> what happens if I fall flat on my face? <laughs> and mm-hmm. honestly, the only thing that's ever calmed me down in those moments are a little bit of time of prayer and knowing, mm-hmm. you know, deep when it nuts and bolts, when it gets down to it, I'm a beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't matter. He is not going to care if I give up. And I've done this four home runs in a row, yeah. and, you know, or, and he's not going to care if I strike out the side, mm-hmm. but uh, it's my job to go out there and honor him with, you know, how I do my job, mm-hmm. how I interact mm-hmm. with everybody else, how I treat my teammates. Uh, how I treat the fans, mm-hmm. and then how I portray that to the rest of the world. Because, you know, I pray this prayer a lot. I want others to see Jesus when they see me. I want others to hear Jesus when they hear me. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to hear Craig Stammen. I want them to see Craig Stammen. I want them to see Jesus and hear mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so those types of prayers calm me down while I'm yeah. getting ready for the game or even on the mound. And, yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think that, that word is so powerful. Like, <clears throat> yeah, succeed or fail your identity as a beloved son of God. And no matter what, whether it's on the mound and bases are loaded, or if you're like, you know, if you're just living normal everyday life, like succeed or fail, like the Lord loves you and knowing who you are is more important than what you do. Yeah. I was thinking about that. If you have a project due, if you have a deadline to meet, like all of those things, it's good. It's good to like discipline yourself to try to hit those marks. But if you don't hit those marks and when you don't hit those marks, cause none of us are perfect, right? Having that stability underneath mm-hmm. you and, and that just constancy yeah. and the peace that you were talking about, even on that mound, because it's like, okay, there's bases loaded. 
And Lord, I need your peace right now. I've been fasting all day. I have this big decision to make, but I, I need to be present here where my feet are. And would you help me with that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm assuming every athlete has to like come up with a plan on how you're going to interact with fans, if you will. <laughs> and so like when you want, when you say you want your, your fans to see, um, like to hear Jesus and, and to see Jesus in you, how, like what's your strategy of interacting with the crowd? My strategy is kindness and joy. So I want them to see, I want the people that are around me while I'm playing baseball, family, friends, you know, fans, mm-hmm. I want them to see how, how much joy I'm having, how enjoyable this is to be a major league baseball player yeah. Yeah. and how ble- how much of a blessing that is. And so I think that's the number one. And I think when people, you know, see joy, they're automatically like, all right, hmm. you know, what's this all about? And then kindness is, is a part of that. So I try to be approachable and try to be, be able to have a conversation. And then, you know, deep down, like when you meet one person, you want that person to be able to go back and say, I had a great interaction with the other person. If they say you've had a bad interaction, am I really being who Jesus was? Mm-hmm. Like Jesus gave time to almost, to every, not almost everybody, to everybody, yeah. to yeah. us still too. Yeah. And like we kind of, you want to be who Jesus was amongst, mm-hmm. you know, people you don't even know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, how can we, and I, I love that. I, I think we can center there too for a conversation because we talk about that on this podcast all the time. Like it, it's not merely a call for us to like, um, I don't know, to embody certain parts of Jesus, but the goal of our lives is to become as much like Jesus as we possibly can, loving and caring and, mm. and the way that we speak, the way that we challenge, when we challenge, the way that we use prudence in choosing to say this at this time, choosing to say this at this time. And I think that's a like a staple of the Christian life. I've seen... So, Craig, you and I first met on a retreat. It was like for, I don't even know what, like my, my uh, Ben Harding's, uh, one of our board members and I, we crashed like a, a retreat for like Major League Baseball players. Yeah, right? Catholic, Catholic Athletes for Christ. Yeah. Really? Like, Catholic just, Athletes for Christ. That's amazing. I don't even yes. remember how we showed up. But like, I think usually the the notion of um, pro athletes is like sex, drugs, and money, right? <laughs> and like, it's just like fast paced world. And I don't know, maybe your experience is that that is there, but my experience with at least major league baseball <laughs> so far has been like, man, there's like a, there's a real organized vision for sharing the faith with other athletes, for holding each other accountable, growing in holiness and Bible studies, making sure Sunday mass is available to like every pro athlete in the country. Like, can you share a little bit about Catholic athletes for Christ and other, the way that like you guys have found in a sense, real Christian community in pro baseball. Yeah, you're you're right, and I've been blessed by it throughout my whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's several organizations. One is called Baseball Chapel, and that there's a chaplain for every team, and it's non-denominational, and and that guy is kind of the spiritual leader for the team, and comes in every Sunday and does a devotional with you know whoever has time to come, you know, sit in the dugout and hear a devotional on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one one piece of it. The other piece is Catholic Athletes for Christ. They set up a Catholic Mass in every stadium uh, every Sunday or some Saturdays in some places uh, for players to go, coaches, staff, mm-hmm. even been to places where it's ushers, anybody that works in the stadium is invited. Um, so that to me, that's a huge piece of it. And then there's other organizations throughout, like I mentioned UPI earlier, uh, they're more, more outside, uh, create Bible studies and spring training, invite anybody to come, yeah. do personal relationship Bible studies with people like that. So I've been impacted by all three of those organizations in, mm-hmm. in many ways mm-hmm. and have continued my faith and actually grown my faith while rarely being able to enter into a church uh, mm-hmm. during the season, because yeah. it's almost just impossible when you're on the road and playing at one o'clock and having to be at the field at a certain time. Yeah. And, 
having access to those things at the stadium, yeah. man, has been like having such a blessing. There. Man, so yeah. lucky, yeah. so lucky. And and the people that have set those things up for us are amazing people mm-hmm. and have challenged me in the faith and and made me grow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just so neat. To, uh, I'm just thinking as you share that, like. Those are they're probably like past baseball players who have spent time post career developing that for other baseball players. Yeah, you're right. A lot of it, there's so many past baseball players that are a part of it, and, yeah. and uh, so many of them are like, eh, I don't even like baseball anymore, but I love mm-hmm. administering to being in ministry to baseball players because well, I know what it's like. You well, know, and when you're in community, I think <clears throat> the um, yeah, just what you're talking about. I think when you're in community with others who are seeking after the Lord too, especially when you're doing the same thing day to day, there's something really powerful about that. And, um, I, I, I think, well, Aaron was mentioning on a, a previous podcast of ours that we've been doing a lot of things with our missionaries, like different, like service retreats and different, um, formation opportunities for them where we're like in community. And I think there is just something about community. We focus on that here at Damascus a lot. And it looks like you're having that in the majors, which is amazing too. But like, um, I don't know, Aaron, do you want to give a little bit? I, I know that we just recently got back from a service retreat, but just community in the major leagues, community in our lives, like the people listening in their workplace. And then yeah. here at Damascus, like there's something about doing things with others who are committing to the same thing. Well, we, what's, to. Speaking to me about your, about your witness, Craig, is, is that like the experience that I've had, I can trust isn't just meant for me. You know, like the, the, the piece of, the peace of the Lord that he's given me access to isn't just meant for me. It's meant for the upbuilding of the church. So mm-hmm. I, I love, you know, there's only one of us around this table who's a major league baseball player right now. But <laughs> like, his you, name you, is you, not Dan. You guys, hey, <laughs> but you guys still have time. We have time. We have time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But your, your witness, I, I think your, your witness is just like, yeah, why, why aren't we all doing that? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, okay, so yeah, there's a community of, of baseball players and people who love baseball players who are who are providing a spiritual foundation so that you guys can experience Christ in the midst of a chaotic season. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I live amongst a community of missionary staff mm-hmm. who have experienced the chaos of a of a missionary lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. um, am I investing and providing opportunities intentionally so that our missionaries can come to encounter God even in the chaos of what they're experiencing? Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah. am I as a parent who am blessed to have a deep faith encounter with the Lord. Am, am I identifying, okay, mm-hmm. you know, my younger brother just had his second kiddo. Uh, I remember what it's like to mm-hmm. to live in a house with a with a six month old, right? So, yeah. You know, yeah, you know so what it's like. like. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, what what can I be providing intentionally mm-hmm. to help to to ease the burden and and maximize the yeah. opportunity for people mm-hmm. to encounter the Lord. And that's what's been established in the for you, which is really yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like when you when you move on, if you will, how do I help yeah, how do I help those who have gone before me? Or even just like this is your job, right? So it's a professional environment. And yet That's you guys, too, yeah. like so mm-hmm. often we're like, oh, like I feel like the laity is often like, well, I can't, I can't have Bible studies at work. Well, that's just wrong. You can have, like you have Bible studies at work, right? Who else are you supposed to have Bible studies with? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I love that because you're on the road and most people, they, they go to church to be fed, but you guys have, you've brought church amongst each other. And I think there's something that like, we need to learn that lesson as a Catholic lay faithful, mm-hmm. bring Bible studies into work, bring Bible studies into you, like, like your sphere of influence, which is what you guys have done. Is there any, um, 
Is there any of the the kind of like like the temptations that you would think come with like like kind of fame, or do you not really experience that or see that mm-hmm. as much as like maybe Hollywood per, would portray it? <laughs> well, getting married and having three kids has prevented me from being a part of a lot of those temptations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, I mean it is what you're what you probably imagine mm-hmm. is available. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. all available, and you know, part of my early life was trying to manage that temptation. Yeah. I don't think I succeeded at it very well at times, but, um, you know, and I, and the problem was I kept comparing myself to others. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm not as bad. I'm not as much of a sinner yeah. as X, Y, Z. And so I'm still faithful, but not as faithful as I could be. And I think the change was, for me, is this isn't my mom and dad's faith anymore. This is mine. I've got to make it personal. Mm-hmm. And so if it is personal, is the, are these the type of places I want to be, the type of things I want to be doing, mm-hmm. and do they honor Jesus? And no, they did not. And so mm-hmm. that's where that changes. Like I've got to make it my own. Wow. And I think that's like we were talking about earlier is you know kids playing sports and and how that interacts faith and sports together. And yeah. like you've got to make it your own. If it's mm-hmm. not your own, it'll never be authentic mm-hmm. and it'll never work for you. Uh, and mm-hmm. if it's not a part of sports, if it's not a part of your daily life, like mm-hmm. it can't yeah. be. You know, I always picture a circle with a bunch of pies, <laughs> and if Craig Stammen's in the middle of that pie, and all the pie pieces are going off of him—baseball, spiritual, you know, personal, finance, whatever—and Craig Stammen's pouring it, and God's on the side, you know, mm-hmm. he's not going to be involved in your sports. He's not going to be involved mm-hmm. in your personal life. He's not going to be involved in in mm-hmm. your work mm-hmm. life or whatever. But if you put God at the center of that pie, mm-hmm. all of a sudden He pours into your sports life. Yeah. All of a sudden He pours into your family life, your personal mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a huge change for me is understanding that mm-hmm. Jesus is my baseball. That's right. It's not they're not two separate entities. Mm-mm. They're one. Yeah. Like he created it for me and mm-hmm. and is loving He's drawing me through me it. into my into exactly. himself through it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Once I figured that out it was like an epiphany. Like, oh man, I can pray mm. on the mound and it's okay. Like yeah. God's not going to be mad yeah, at me for yeah, that. Yeah. He wants me to do well mm-hmm. and like he wants to love me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, that's and well, you're mentioning, it. I think, a crucial point too. I think that there's like Jesus is the one when he's in the center of our lives that draws us unto greatness. Like he, he brings us to greatness. He wants yeah. great things for us. He wants us to be. Uh, alive and well mm. and all of the things. And I, I think that 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 wrestle that you had that so many of us have that like um, can settle for mediocrity sometimes, right? That like, I'm not the worst person in the world, so I'm doing okay. Like we all fall to that sometimes, I think. And I, I wonder like um, for for so many listening, Craig, there there's probably a, a temptation, especially for those who play sports, for those who are doing the Catholic thing. They're going to mass on Sunday. Um and maybe even for parents listening who take their kids to mass on Sunday, I think that there can sometimes be this point where we settle for mediocrity, where it's like, well, just enough is okay. Like if if we if we miss mass every once in a while, that's okay. Or if we miss prayer every once in a while, that's okay because at least we're going sometimes. Or right? if we sin, do this, fall into the sin. Every <laughs> yeah, or once the sin every once yeah. in a while. Exactly. And so I guess like, um, what wisdom would you have for for someone that's there? Because you you were just mentioning, I think, in a really powerful way, how you've kind of gone from that to taking personal responsibility for your faith and moving into that. But what kind of advice would you give someone who's in that place where it's like, I'm settling for mediocrity in my life. And, and I, and I know it, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm canceling out all of these sins, but I still have this one and I'm going to mass 
almost all Sundays besides those Sundays where I have that one thing I that, really that like. Conflict. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, it just, does, you don't get a more, like a bigger conflict than I've got an like NBL yeah. baseball. Yeah. Game. Yeah. yeah, I got, yeah. If, if I had an MLB game, yeah. like if I, um, well, but I think that happens at a young level too. I have a sport, a sporting event at noon. I don't know. I run track or I yeah. have a football game for, uh, my peewee team. But like, I, I think there's so many different ways it can be brought in, but just someone that's settling for mediocrity. Like what would you tell Craig who was sell- settling for <laughs> mediocrity in all those stages? Yeah. I think I'd be a lot harder on myself <laughs> than you would, than you would and, be to other people. And <laughs> you know, I think I look at it this way and, the, and a manager of mine, Andy Green, uh, who's a strong believer Mm-hmm. said this, if it's really important to you, mm-hmm. you'll do something about it. And if it's not that important to you, you won't do anything about it. Hmm. So if it is important to you, you'll find a mass. Like there's apps <laughs> for that. There is an app. It's like, <laughs> like times we, we, yes, exactly. Like we've been on that. My family's been uh-huh. on that a bunch because we're here, there yeah. and everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing, like there's mass on Saturdays also, mm-hmm. you know, and Sundays. Yep. It's not just like, mm-hmm. there's no shot. You're playing a game at all the mass times. <laughs> and and yeah. even if you are, and and I get it. Like I've been there to where like mm-hmm. there's I can't leave. I yeah. just have to be there. Like mm-hmm. it's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a way to spend time with Jesus mm-hmm. and not replace going to mass. Yep. But like if it happens every once in a while, you've got to still take that out. That's what it is. It's yeah. an hour out of your day mm-hmm. to be like Jesus. I'm yours, yeah. and mm-hmm. I can't wait to. To get to know, yeah, you well, and take that responsibility, right? Exactly. I, I think COVID's been a great example of that. Like sometimes people have been like, "Well, I can't make it to mass for this reason or that reason," and it's important that act of spiritual communion and to still go back to the Lord and, and through the beautiful sacraments, confession, and say, "Hey, I haven't kept the Sabbath day as holy as I'd like to, Lord, and I want to get better." And I, I know that there's these things in the way, but yeah, taking responsibility sounds like yeah. something. That's Do you want to be great important. or you just want to be mediocre? Yeah, right, like, and right. I think every one of us would say, "I want to be great." Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, I know like, I do yeah. that with our uh, young people and i've started to do it at some of the adult gatherings i've been having i'll say i i'll literally tell all the adults i'll be like hey i'm i'm, I'm gonna speak to you um as an adult to an adult but i do this with all of our middle schoolers every time we have a gathering so i'm gonna do it with you if you'll humor me by doing it and i say raise your hand if you want to do something great with your life mm-hmm. everyone right and then i have them keep their hand raised and i say now keep your hand raised if you think you can do something great with your life by just doing what everybody else is doing <laughs> yeah and all the hands go down. And so what I what I always say, and it's it's just a simple way of getting to the point yeah. that like, if you want to do something great, then you have to make choices, decisions, build habits, all the things you're saying that lead to a life of greatness, hmm. right? That's so awesome. Craig, Dan and I were youth ministers for 15 years and sports were my number one enemy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I, I, I was able to identify so frequently that, you know, I guess not frequently, that mm-hmm. like there's an all-star kid on our youth group and then all of a sudden they start getting engaged with a travel team and then they disappear forever mm-hmm. and not just from youth group but they they step out of faith you know as a parent who's trying to balance the the mm-hmm. chaos of, of raising kids and travel sports um i don't know uh, what what can you what can you speak to like what's the importance mm-hmm. of making that a priority and modeling that and what mm-hmm. advice would you give to yeah, I mean, you a leave a, a junior high kid up to its, his own devices, he's going to do whatever he wants. But mm-hmm. so th- to me, this is where it's the parents. And I was lucky, like, every game, every time I played sports, like, yeah. mm-hmm. my dad's, you know, reminder, he wasn't super, like, he's not going to quote scripture, but he's going to say, remember who's in charge. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what's important. Like, remember what's most important. Like, mm-hmm. the game is not the most important part. 
And my mom and dad were so good at, they would pray with me before games. Like they would pray for my health. They would pray for Mm -hmm. success and fun and and pray with my teammates and stuff like that. So I had just a wonderful example Mm -hmm. that Jesus was more important than any game I played, Mm -hmm. which is, you know... I guess I thought it was common, but it's not that it's not that common. I think it's the parents, it's a challenge to like, you know, let your kids know what is the most important thing. And it, the game that day might be the most important thing to them, mm-hmm. but what you know is the most important is the most important thing. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to go out there and let your son or daughter know yeah. like, hey, this is mm-hmm. what we believe in. This is what my our family stands for and this yeah. is how we'll live our life the rest yeah. of rest yeah. of our time here. That's such a good word. I think whatever <clears throat> As parents, whatever we worship, our kids will worship. So if, mm-hmm. if sports are most important to us, they're going to worship sports. If, mm-hmm. if Jesus is Lord, he'll be Lord over mm-hmm. the sports. Or mm-hmm. I think with money, vacation, like whatever we worship, our kids will probably start worshiping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can teach them to take their identity into it instead of getting their identity from it, right? right. Like take your identity into that game, yeah. right? Like I, I've, been, I've been thinking about coaching so much recently, just in my life, there's a lot of like, um, passions that are being, uh, I don't know, stirred up again in me. And I was just thinking to myself, well, I had so many coaches that were so amazing at so many things, uh-huh. but one thing that, that was just, um, I, I don't think ever witnessed as well as I would desire it to be witnessed is a, a coach who, who inspires you in your identity before you go out so that they can actually have access to challenge you when you're out there in a different way. Like if I was to go out onto the court or onto the field or wherever. And to go out there knowing that I was a beloved son of God and that he's well pleased in me, regardless of the outcome here, then I can go in and say, yet I still want to achieve here. And, and, but I know that whatever happens here, I I don't have to put that as part of my identity. Rather, Mm. I'm going to see how my identity can exercise a victory, how it can exercise a loss. Cause both of those are pretty important for us just in life. Cause we're going to have wins and we're going to have losses. But I don't know. There is something powerful to what you're saying there about like if we could encourage the next generation or anyone in our spheres of influence, take your identity into everything you do. Don't get your identity from those things you do. You'll be more successful, not less. Right. How yeah. You- and I'm sorry. Saying, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about two words, joy and peace. Hmm. And those two words, in my opinion, create a great athletic performance. If you can play your sport hmm. with joy so you're having the most fun you've ever had, yeah. and you can play with peace. So not no fear of any failure, mm-hmm. and you know I'm gonna go get it. Yeah, right. You always, we always talk about players playing free, mm-hmm. and where does joy and peace come from? <laughs> Knowing where your identity lies, yeah, yeah. which begets freedom. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I love that. We say the same thing about missionaries. <laughs> What's I mean, just like living a joyful life is it's, it communicates the presence of God. It yeah. does. It mm-hmm. does, and it, and it makes everything you're doing better. And I think it, we would be so so good to have that in athletics. Now, I think there's some people that will listen and they'll be like, well, yeah, but where does like being determined to win and all that come in? Well, it can, they're not mutually exclusive. It's not like I have to lose all of my competitiveness to be at peace with the Lord, or I have to lose all of my desire for greatness in order to be in joy. It's like, no, I can, I can wed the two. Yeah. I think my, uh, faith, it makes me more competitive. (laughs) Yeah, sure. It makes me a better competitor Mm -hmm. because I'm mentally stronger mm-hmm. than I think some of my opponents mm-hmm. who may not have that same, you know, identity rooted in their faith. Yes, because yeah, it, it doesn't them. distract you. 
Right. And it helps you focus, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it makes me a better player. Yeah. No, you know, no doubt. Yeah, these kids are probably like, oh, I can't be distracted by, and they even say a lot of coaches are like, don't be distracted by youth. Like, but no, really, you'll be more focused if you are if you know mm-hmm. it, where your source is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We watch, we're, you know, pay attention to any, it's all about mental health conversations now. And like, yeah. this is mental health. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is a huge piece of that mm-hmm. is knowing where your identity, identity is. If you don't know where your identity is, you're yeah. going to have tr- struggles. You know whether yes. you know you want to win, lose, and that and how that affects you. We've talked about Dude, this, this on the show. So good, yeah. And this we've is talked, so good, Craig. We talked about this on the insights. show before because, like, uh, psychology and psychology actually comes from the the word meaning the study of the soul, right? And like, like the we're body, mind, and soul. And so, of course, mm. all of the health of all of those components are going to go into the other. So, when yeah. I'm spiritually healthy and mentally healthy, of course, my physical performance is going to be better in all aspects, whether it's professional sports or yeah. I don't know. Bailing hay in the yeah. in the field. <laughs> I've been thinking about this team dynamic. So, like, if you're so you've got a group a group of players in your team who are doing Bible studies and going to mass. You probably also have players on your team who are like getting trashed and going to the bars and mm-hmm. like so. You've got this. You're meant to be one unit and play together as one. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking about the coworker who's afraid to share their faith with like their other coworker. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're like you and your your. Christian community are sharing your faith with your coworkers who may not be in the faith and you're expected to operate as a team and a, and saying like how do you balance that like how do you balance like the fact that I'm not going to go astray and this guy may think that I'm judging him even though I'm not actually judging him but like when I'm not going to the bar with them they they may mm-hmm. feel like I'm judging like how do you that's just a crazy dynamic it is a crazy dynamic and the only the word that comes to mind is authenticity if I can be authentic so mm-hmm. if I can hang with the boys which I can yeah but if I can do it in a godly manner where yeah. I'm not getting trashed, <laughs> yeah. you know, be, not being crazy, but I can have a beer with the boys yeah. and play cards and Good. have fun and, yeah. and sure. do, but I don't have to go take it to ac- excess. Mm. Um, and, and so if you can relate to maybe those that aren't going to mass with you or going to yeah. baseball chapel with you, uh, they're going to see your, uh, your faith played out mm. naturally, yep. you know, without you having to say anything, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I forget who's the quote is. It's it's um, always be willing to you know speak a mission. Yeah. But use words only when necessary. Yeah. Type yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like Witness to by me, your life. Yeah. Exactly. So that's kind of how I've uh, kind of monitored it and and done it throughout my career. Is like I know you know they're watching me. They yes. know they yes. know Craig Stammen's going to Catholic mass. So I'm the mm-hmm. one writing it on the board every day. <laughs> and I know I'm texting the group. Hey, we got baseball chapel at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So they know. Yeah. So it's almost like. You know, easier for me because I know everybody's watching. Yes. So I gotta be on best behavior. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live. <laughs> but that. I also want to show them like I can also be one of the guys, yeah, and yeah. We, I can live a normal life and have fun with you guys and do That's this so and key. do that. But I'll do it in a way that reflects, you know, Jesus. We tell our missionaries one of our primary principles is don't be weird. <laughs> like, like because you do, you need to be authentic and sincere. And to your point, like, um, like virtue lies in the tension between extremes. So one extreme would be like, I never go outside my apartment because all of the teammates I have are doing things that I don't want to do. <laughs> the other extreme is I go and just blend in like a chameleon to mm-hmm. everything they're doing. The tension in that is I want to be in the world, but not of it. I want to be able to have a beer with the guys, but also be able to stand my ground and be the same man they're seeing here as they're seeing in chapel time. Right. And like, it, if we could all do that, right? And I, I mean, I think about this in uh, in what we do, Craig, with 
just ministry. Like when I go to a mass and there's a high schooler or a middle schooler or a family that's come to one of our events that's there, like if I can be the same Brad at that mass that I am when they come and see me on stage at Damascus or when I'm giving them a tour at Damascus. Well, hopefully not like when you're crucial. like emceeing and going crazy on stage. You're not, you're not that person during yeah, mass. Like yeah, you've done like some stage, weird things some, on stage Some here. stage dives <laughs> yeah. in mass. It's like, father, catch me. It's um, paintball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. But you can catch, you can, you can catch what I'm saying. There's the, there is uh-huh. something to authenticity and, um, yeah, and sincerity. Has, it, has anyone uh, have has anyone seen your witness and been like like come to you for like uh, like has any have you seen people like either players or 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 friends like their life transformed by your witness? Uh, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say like I know specifically, but I know that there has been changes made by certain guys, and mm-hmm. like I think. I've removed myself from knowing that. I've tried yeah. to at least because I felt like when I was trying to do some of those things, I would put my you know success or failure onto that. Yeah. And like it's not, it's Jesus' job, yeah. not mine. So yeah. I'm sure. letting him handle that. Yeah. No, that's you know, true, it's yeah. just it's just kind of my job to be, you know, his hands and feet, yeah. you know, on the earth and whatever people get from that. You yeah. know, I hope it changes their life, you know, tenfold down yeah, the road like it did. Awesome. Like Adam LaRoche was was that type of guy to me. Ian mm-hmm. Desmond was another guy. Yeah. Uh when I was on the Nationals, like we hmm. you know, iron sharpens iron is like one man sharpens another. That yeah. was like how that worked and you yeah. know, those two guys I haven't seen in a couple of years, but and so they would have no idea. Yeah. You know how my faith has grown and I have same ways. We'll send text messages to each mm-hmm. other, but um, so in that regard, like I know that it's, baseball is that thing that's been passed down. Like your dad passes it down to you, mm-hmm. and like as a player, the older veterans passed it down to me. And I think the faith yeah. in baseball has been done the same thing. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, that's well, there's hu- and there's rich humility in that. The idea that like you're being faithful to what God's calling you to, and you're trusting that that's going to bear fruit, right? Because there's something to that where like all of us can be faithful to what God's speaking every day. Yeah. And not and not attach ourselves to like our identity being in the fruit, but knowing because of our identity there will be fruit, right? Yeah. Like the Lord has actually given me something I can bring into a place, mm. and I can trust that if I'm faithful to the way He wants me to exercise that gift right now, fruit's going to come, yep. and I'm going to see it now, or I'm going to see it in eternity. Yep. But it's going to happen, and so right. that humility is rich. Well, and, and Craig, just to speak to like your apostolic witness, like I, I mean, from the moment. I first met, like you just carry the peace of Christ, like and, and mm-hmm. joy, that peace and joy, and like you, mm-hmm. you carry it. Your family carries it. Like you guys are uh, are just you and your wife are just rooted, and there's something so attractive about that life. I'm sure, like, like all of your your players are seeing that, and it's mm-hmm. like with every decision that they make when they when they go to get married, when they go to have children, like you're like that witness is just so powerful, mm-hmm. and just for our listeners, like in that are working in the world, I know the world is hard. Like, like it's hard to be a lay person in the world, but that witness is so powerful. So thank you for that. It's uh, yeah. There, there's a grind there, and you, <laughs> you like you, you and your wife have just been faithful to the Lord. That's yeah, and awesome. I think some people when they want to evangelize, they feel like I got to come up with this great speech to yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. hey, this is who Jesus is. And, you're right. And yeah. this is where you're going to be converted with what words I say. Mm-hmm. And I I would say actions actions speak louder than words. They always yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the approach that we've taken, and, and when necessarily, you know, we've spoken yeah. spoken the good news. But I think, uh, especially my wife, she's she's a saint, she's yeah. amazing, and yeah. I know she does it with the other wives on the team, but, mm-hmm. and uh, they've told me. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, she does a great job, and it, it's fun to partner with her in this baseball life, and mm-hmm. you know, 
it's become much more than baseball. Well, and to, mm. and to your point, like, does our, does our life look like there's good news that we're living in? That's worth, that's worth asking ourselves, right? Like if someone saw me today, would it look like I believe in the greatest story ever <laughs> and that I am free, right? Like if, if we can answer that, yes, we're living pretty well, but Craig, thank you so much for joining us. So I think we could probably continue this conversation forever, but why don't we go ahead and uh, close in prayer and just, um, yeah, just pray blessing over everybody listening. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for the gift of this conversation. Thank you, Lord, for all of those who are listening, who have had their hearts touched in some way. Lord, thank you for the ways that you're drawing us deeper into mission, for the ways that you're challenging us to develop new habits and to develop new rhythms in our life that center on you. We pray that you would continue to impart that on everyone at this table and everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Lord, I just pray that you would um, give all all of our listeners today, all of us, just more apostolic zeal, that we would know how to um, live the faith courageously and consistently wherever you've planted us. And Jesus, for those who are uh, who are balancing um, balancing sports, we pray especially that the witness that that Craig's. Um, share with us today that that would be an encouragement that you can you can do it you can keep your eye on the Lord mm-hmm. um, you can maintain focus and if there's anybody listening to today's show who feels like you may have missed the opportunity um, you're not too far gone uh, you know mom dad today is a great day to sit down with your son or your daughter and let them know that hey we've let we've let things get off track here and it's time to to refocus on on Jesus who's most important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus, let, uh, let us recognize that every day, that you're the most important. Help us to put you at the center of our lives, that we would encounter you every day and move forward with you in the mission of our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Craig, thank you so much. This has uh, been another episode of Beyond Damascus. For those who are listening, if you found this edifying to you, if it was enjoyable to you, if you're learning something from it, we, we encourage you to share this podcast with any of your friends who might benefit from it as well. You can uh, like, subscribe if you're looking at us on YouTube. If you're checking us out where podcasts are found, feel free to um, subscribe there too so that you can get all the content coming in the future weeks. We're so grateful to have the time with you and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.